Hello, people. I'm Derek McGinty, sitting virtually alongside former NFL great Charles Mann, and you're listening to The Second Act, where we chat with and about people who've endured drastic, sometimes life-altering changes, and yet still find ways to survive and perhaps come back even stronger. The process ain't always pretty, and it certainly is not easy, but it does make for some good conversation. Charles Mann, always good to chat with you. Derek, thank you. Uh, yeah. It's good to be with you. We we both have endured second uh, acts in life. Uh, yeah, that's mine, absolutely true. Yeah, mine came uh, when the, when Norv Turner uh, came into the locker room and and told me to come upstairs, and he was giving me my walking papers. Uh, that was, you know, that was kind of interesting. You know, you, you're in a you were in a business as a professional athlete. It's a pretty exclusive club where most everybody has to sort of reinvent themselves pretty early in their lives. You know what? And at 34 years old, when I finally retired at 34, you felt like an old man because you were retiring. The word retirement makes you feel like you're old. And, yeah. you know, at 34, I, had just, I hadn't even started living yet. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you you also... Um, Got the axe. I but did you get were the axe. You know, I had been a news anchor at WSA, the CBS affiliate here in Washington, D.C. I'd been there for 12 years. And, you know, a new news director came in and he, he, he for whatever reason, he, they told me, uh, we're going to go in another direction. <laughs> when you hear that, no. you, know, yeah. you know what that uh, means. Yeah. So I'm, that's uh, six years ago. So I'm uh, 56 years old and I had to figure out what the next move was, right? So now I'm sort of in my second act. With this podcast and other things that are, you know, sort of taking up my time and, and, and making me realize just how interesting life can become when one has to try to reinvent oneself and it wasn't expected. But um, sometimes it is expected. And, and speaking of which, joining us now on, on all the way from the West Coast is Steve Vernon. He's a man who quite literally wrote the book on the subjects we're talking about. His newest is called Don't Go Broke in Retirement. But he's got a lot of other books as well. He's president of Rest of Life Communications. He is a research scholar for the Stanford Center on Longevity. Steve Vernon, so great to have you with us because while you've made an academic study of all this, you too are in the midst of your own second act. Well, Derek, thanks for having me uh, and Charles too. Glad to join you today. And uh, thanks to you to help uh, enable us to help your listeners today. Be glad to talk about my second act. Yeah, it's, it's, your second act was a little bit more planned than Charles or mine, but but you you, <laughs> you were doing something else before, right? Uh, I worked for a long time helping large organizations and companies run their retirement programs, and so I had a good career there. Um, was successful, was liked. I actually got to vice president, um, but at some point, I just felt like if I kept at this job again and again and again, eventually I'd get stale and somebody else would tap me on the shoulder and say, let's have that talk. <laughs> We're going in another. So direction. you pulled up, you pulled, yeah, you pulled a Barry Sanders. Uh, everybody knows him from the Detroit lions who just abruptly retired after 10 years in the NFL, no injuries or no anything, no issues. And it just shocked everybody. But when you do it that way, what do you what do you do by doing it that way? What did, what what did you accomplish? 
Well, let me at least focus on uh, Barry Sanders, perhaps, and myself, although I don't okay. want to compare myself to him. But when you give up something <laughs> that you're doing well at, yeah, people say, are you crazy? You know, uh, why would you do that? Um, and so you do get some grief from your friends and family. Um, and so you really have to think it through. And I, uh, I talked with my wife about that for a couple of years, and she got tired of listening to me. We talked so much about it. Um, but it was well thought out, and we finally just had to take the plunge and look forward. Any regrets? Do you ever look back? Not at all. In my case, that was 15 years ago. And uh, I might have had some regrets and second thoughts for a year or so, but then eventually you're just living your new life. And I think that's a um, good message for your listeners is that you move forward and you've got a new life. And if no matter what age you are, 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, you still have many, many years ahead of you. And eventually mm. you'll start living this new life and you'll look back at that point in your life where you did these other things. And you said, yes, I did that. That's part of my past. And I had good memories, but now I'm living this life. How did it change who you are now, if at all, making that, making that move? Well, one thing that was good is that it was a more conscious choice. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, they go through high school and maybe college and maybe some other track and they, I call it getting on the train and just riding the train of life. And that's great. Mm. That's you, you do that in your teens and twenties and thirties, but eventually you start thinking, am I on the right train <laughs> or literally mm. am I on the right track? And it's just a natural process to think, well, wh where do I really belong and what would really give me fulfillment? And I just think it's a natural course as you get older. And so really that's what I got was, con you know, constructing my own future, um, <clears throat> stepping off the train that I stepped on. I, I stepped on it myself, so I can't I have to take responsibility for it. But I wasn't quite as aware of what I want until now. You know, it's interesting that, you know, Charles points out that he's 34 when he has to change his life and go into his second act. But the advantage of that is he's actually still pretty young. But when you're 60 or <laughs> 70 and you have to make a change like that, isn't it, isn't it much harder? I mean, and you start to think, I'm too old to be doing something new, right? I, I was hoping to finish up just doing this. Well, I, I acknowledge that... Uh if you're in your 30s or 40s, you can say, yes, I've got most of my life ahead of me still. Um, but I will contend, and, I, and this I get from studying uh, longevity at the Stanford Center of Longevity, I do contend that you're constantly changing and learning and loving and having relationships. That's life. And I think you live your life until your last breath. And so um, I think you're never too old to continue learning and growing and living. Trends on longevity, what, is, what trends have you found? Well, the first one is that uh, we're still living in societies that were constructed with individuals living not much more than 50. And so you have all these cultural restraints or cultural thoughts. But it really does kind of, if you wrap your mind around, you could live probably into your 80s, 90s, maybe even 100. And if you're whatever age you are, if you're in your 50s or 60s, you still have a lot of life left. And so just take retirement. Uh, a lot of people think that they should retire somewhere in their early 60s. But if you live to your early 90s, that's 30 years in retirement. And if your concept of retirement is 
uh, you know, playing golf or taking cruises or whatever. Well, that's a long time to take to play golf and take cruises. And maybe you do <laughs> that, but what else are you going to do during all your time? I think that's a good question. Yeah. So sure, there there's some attractions to being retired, but those attractions typically will take up a couple weeks of 52 weeks of the year. You know, so. <laughs> So, so you're saying people need to find something fulfilling to do that's not just sort of hedonistic or, or pleasure-seeking, right? You, you need to find something else. Exactly. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not dissing hedonistic or pleasure-seeking. That's good stuff. <laughs> it's just not 52 weeks uh, of the year. Uh, and I, now I'm, now I'm going to state my belief. This, there's some science about what I'm about to say, but I'll, part of it is my belief, is that I think that People need to feel useful and wanted and constructive in some way. And you can be useful to your family, to your friends, to society. You can volunteer. You can work, whatever. Um, but I just think it's a basic human need to feel wanted and needed and useful. And then as you go about and be wanted and needed and useful, you form another community of friends. And as you get older, you realize your community of friends and family are essential to your longevity and your not only your enjoyment of life, but your health and your sense of meaning. So it's all hmm. good. So what is an actuary? <laughs> okay. So an actuary, that's my career for many years. And actually I'm still an actuary. Uh, actuaries are the mathematical engineers who work on insurance products or retirement plans. And so if we have to decide how much to charge for uh, life insurance or how much the premium should be for health insurance, actuaries do the math behind that. Hmm. In my case, I help companies run retirement programs. So if you have a bunch of employees and they want to live off their either their pension or their 401k for the rest of their life, that's an actuarial problem. So that's the kind of work that I do. You know, it's interesting that you you were helping other people retire and then turned around and you needed to sort of figure out your own path. Um, is, it, is it difficult for people to set aside all that education and time and energy and say, I'm just going to do something else? Or is it, more, or is it better for them to look at what they're doing and find another aspect of that, if you get what I'm saying? I get totally what you're saying. And, you know, I'm going to say it depends on who you are and what you want to do. Uh, and so, for example, in my case, I did build off of my experience because I was working on retirement plans, helping corporations, and now I'm helping individuals. So clearly I was building off my experience, but just going off in a different direction. And that worked for me and it can work for lots of people, but other people just say, you know, I used to be this and now I'm going to do something totally different. So it really is an individual choice. You know, Charles, you make a big point of saying that you are looking to define yourself far beyond football. And, and so to me, it kind of gets to that same question. How much of your identity is tied up in having been Charles Mann, the football star, and then you, you got to kind of build something else? You're, you're absolutely right. And, and Steve, for me, um, I wanted, I, as I was getting, and you said you talked with your wife for a couple of years before you made the decision, I obviously I was talking to my wife as well, probably because I was having injuries and knee surgeries. And, you know, I knew that the end was probably pretty close. And then as I started thinking about my second career, 
my idea was I want to do something where people, I don't want to stay in the industry. I didn't want to go right into uh, the uh, entertainment industry or do the football games on TV or be a coach or anything. I wanted to get into a totally different industry and prove my um, my sharpness for understanding concepts and things. And so I went off and, and started, you know, the entrepreneurial bug. And I went back to school and got my degrees, my undergrad degree. And then I got my master's just to prove a point really to myself, but also other people that there's no longer such a thing as a dumb football player. You've got to be a little bit smarter to, to live in this world. Steve, does that story sound familiar at all to you? <laughs> oh, yes. I hear that story, that kind of story. And Charles, I applaud you for um, having the guts to just go off in a different direction. Uh, I think it really is a personal choice. Um, and I do feel, though, I think change is good for people. You know, it feels bad mm -hmm. sometimes when you're in the middle of it. But then later yeah. when you emerge from the other side and you look back and you say, you know, it made me stronger to go through that change. So I applaud you. You're a great example. Yeah. Now, Derek, uh, speaking of me, Der Derek has not decided to go fully or embrace a second career outside of the media, even though I called him the other day and he was at band practice. So he's yeah, doing something. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> but, but let me just tell you something. <laughs> that, that aspect will never be professional. Okay, that... <laughs> That is, you know, one day on the podcast, we'll, I'll, put, I'll put one of the songs on here and you can, you can okay. judge yourself. But uh, no, that, that's just something to take up some time, believe me. But, but you know, Charles, you raised a good point. Um, for me, I have to do, I'm still feeling like I'm a communicator at heart. That's the thing I want to do. And I don't really have interest in doing a lot of things beyond that. I mean, is, is that a different sort of retirement that you, that you hear about, uh, Steve? Well, uh, Derek, I think you're an example of someone who builds on their career and just goes off in a different direction, but you're still using all the skills and you're basically doing the same thing as a communicator. You're just putting it in a different setting. And that's fine, too. Uh, I, I see both models, both, both paths, and it really is personal. I really think you just really need to think what is really important to you and hmm. follow that. And that's easier said than done. You know? Yeah. 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 You know, um, I wanted to point out a, a, something you said that I thought was 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 important, Steve. You said people need to retire to something, not just from something. That's true. And what do I mean by retiring from something? Well, you're tired of the alarm clock going off in the morning and commuting to work and you don't like your boss, you know, and that, you know, getting away from that is valid. But if you have nothing you're going to, then what do you do? do you just watch TV all day? And so I think hmm. um, constructing something positive that you're really looking forward to, I think that's the best, is that you've got something you're retiring to. Yeah, and you also made a comment that making a plan is better than having no plan. <laughs> what do you mean there? <laughs> Well, uh, a lot of times you make a plan and then something comes in and just totally disrupts the plan. And that's life. And you might think, well, those plans weren't any good. Um, actually, no. Actually, you, you got to have a plan, but be prepared to change the plan or have a plan B because 
you just can't predict where your life is going to go. Uh, and in my case, for example, I retired from that good job I had 15 years ago. I could never imagine 15 years ago where I am today. Uh, you're basically, you, you start off on a journey um, and other doors open that you don't really realize you couldn't have foreseen. And so um, life gets in the way, good stuff, not so good stuff. And I think that's part of the journey is just to keep moving forward. I wanted to ask Charles one more question. That is, it can be tough for people who are used to a lot of attention and adulation to change jobs, you know, because you, 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 your ego, as much as we might not want to admit we have them, you know, feeds on that <laughs> stuff. And, and I wonder, Charles, you know, you were part of an amazing Redskins team and then you're suddenly you're not. Uh, I mean, did you did you miss right. the, the crowd? Did you miss the cheers? I did. But more importantly, what I missed is the camaraderie in the locker room. So that more than any, well, and the, and the pay. <laughs> so the, the, pay, <laughs> the pay and the camaraderie in the locker room was the most that I missed. We were together uh, for six months out of the year, and a lot of time was spent in that locker room and in studying and on the field and whatnot. So, so you miss that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I've got a five foot two wife, and I'm six foot six. So um, I also had to learn because it took me a couple of years to settle down in terms of wanting to be physical with somebody about every six months, about every mm. six months. I got really aggressive. And then and then six months later, I wasn't so aggressive and oh, get out of that syndrome took a while. And I, none of my sharp elbows or anything bruised my wife. And, you know, while I'm sleeping or anything, you know, so that was probably the biggest experience. But, Steve, I have to ask you, do you think generation we're generation Z, uh, genera we're millennials. Do you think Generation Z will have one or two acts in their life or, you know, I'm looking at my daughter. Actually, she's still a millennial, I think. But my youngest daughter, they'll probably have eight or nine different careers or jobs? That's a very or... good question. Actually, I think there's a good point there. Uh, and it gets back to kind of wrapping your head around the fact that you might live to be 100. Because the, the younger you are today, the more likely you are to live to 100. And wow. if you have some kind of a career or act that lasts in your 20s or 30s, great. But are you going to do that for 50 years? You know, or can you do it for 50 years? Right. So I do think younger folks today need to wrap their head around... Um, just what it means to live to 90 or 100 and then how your course of life will go. And second, third, fourth acts are great. Steve, you've given us a lot to wrap our heads around, and I want to thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Um, Steve Vernon, he is author of the book Don't Go Broke in Retirement, along with several others, and he is president of the Rest of Life Communications and a research scholar at Stanford's Center on Longevity. Steve Vernon, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Derek, Charles, it's been a pleasure, and thanks for helping the listeners, too. Yes, indeed. For Charles Mann, I'm Derek McGinty. You've been listening to The Second Act. Be well, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time.